Did you get all right. off that? All right. Isn't that ironic? Tom T. Hall sings a song yeah. uh, called Faster Horses and Younger Women or something, and he says in there, he was an old philosopher, of course. And that's Chad. Um. Okay, everyone, we're back. And uh, here in just a minute, also, we're going to have a special guest on the podcast here in just a few minutes. But, you know, while we're on the the genre of hard questions chili i'm really gonna need you on this one okay uh you're you are on fire today and and i'm gonna and this this is one that may be over blake and chris's head (laughs) don't put krista in that group don't put don't you put her in that group um uh so this is this is another really hard question and uh yes i did I, I was, I did mention this on one of the shows we just went on, and and what brought it up in my mind the other day was a comment that Blake made, and I've really been studying this. Blake said the other day, and by no means am I calling you out, little brother. Pull your mic up, man. You're on the freaking podcast. Well, you said this was too deep Pull for me, so I was just going to push it out of the way. Here's uh, one of these comments that made Chad mad, probably. No, it didn't It didn't make me mad, but I think it is the way many people are thinking, but I, I think we have to think deeper about it. Your comment was, yep. I don't want to... I don't want to... In, in be disobedient essentially in, in some scenario and not share the gospel and that person that I didn't share the gospel with potentially go to hell because they didn't hear the gospel from me uh, because I chose not to share it, right? Because I chose, hey, I felt uncomfortable. I, I just, the timing wasn't right and I didn't share it with that person. And so then that person ends up going the rest of their life and never receiving the gospel. Are you talking about on resurrected? Yeah. 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 So uh, that's that's the question that's that's the comment, all right? What what I have been Did you want to say something? Well, the that wasn't really the comment was about uh, don't get defensive. Pe- no, now. I'm not. I just want to cl- I mean, it's a good topic. My comment was that the group of resurrected holds me accountable to live correctly because if i wasn't then i would potentially not share the gospel with somebody because i wasn't in the right headspace or maybe i'm not studying my bible or doing whatever so i'm not in tune with the holy spirit to share what i need to share and the person that god had set up so to speak for me to share the gospel with doesn't get it because i'm not doing what i should be doing it was not like hesitation of um, sharing it although i think well, everybody the- can, the ultimate I mean, I question is: that. Does that does that even matter? Yeah, like does that even matter to anybody except except you, right? <laughs> because here's the question: Is how how does can the human can the human even believe in Christ in God? Oh. Can the human even believe? Do do can we do that? You know, it's really interesting to think. Can are do are we even capable of being inclined toward anything that's good? 
without Christ? Are we even capable of that? Until Christ essentially redeems us. And how does that happen? How are how are we redeemed? Is that is that does does our will play a factor in that at all? Because if you say the human, the fallen man, cannot even be inclined toward what is good without the redemptive qualities of Christ, then that is essentially saying that your will cannot play any role in in you being reconciled to Christ, right? So are you asking, can you do good before you're saved by Jesus? Is that what you're asking? Do you remember a few months All ago? Right, yeah, so this went over Blake's head. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and talk on this, Chili. No, it's your communication is unclear. Do you understand the question? Like, well, what is I asked he asking? About three questions in that. Well, I'm trying to figure out still how it's related to your comment on resurrection. <laughs> it made it. It spurred this thought. Yeah. Do you remember a few months ago when we were driving in the car and I just rambled on with all these questions similar to that? Yeah. I, I th- dude, I think about this so much and have for so long and i mean let me just go ahead and say i have way more questions than i have answers and a lot of times all i can really do is just respond with more questions um and to me the heart of it is reconciling god's sovereignty with your free will as a human that's all it is. That's really all. That's all it is. And am I able to do that? No. And anybody who says they're able to do that, <laughs> you, you're going to have to explain it to me in a way that I haven't heard. And boy, I've heard a lot. I, I mean. We'll expound upon that a little, Chili. Please. Well, if I can. Exp- I told you I was going to need you on this one. Well, the best way for me to explain that, right, is most people off the bat agree if you said, is God sovereign? They would go, yes. And essentially, that that speaks to his nature as an all-knowing or omniscient, um, an all-powerful or omnipotent, and even, you know, the other quality is omnipresence, which he's everywhere, you know. Uh, and his omnibenevolence, even. Uh, I guess some people would believe in God that don't believe in a God that's omnibenevolent, meaning all good. Uh, but most people would and all of that is is fairly well agreed upon so you go okay and then a lot of the times if you were to ask those same people are humans free to choose to do the actions that that you see them do that that, that we do in life and they would go yes well therein lies a problem uh, right? I mean, because, well, let me tell you why it does in my mind is because particularly when you move to the topic of salvation, you go, okay, let me put those two things that I just said are truth together in relating to this topic. And you go, so the question is, how are people saved? And then you go, okay, God is all powerful. Uh, you know, he's totally sovereign. He's omniscient. He knows beforehand everybody that's going to be, that, that will be saved. Um, you know, Romans, Paul says, Paul's talking about 
he he predestines the the elect and and then you go but but we have free will yeah where we can choose to reject him or accept him but but I, maybe maybe I'm not explaining it well but but those those kind of butt heads man the, the, those kind of butt heads and and you may not see it but they, they it's hard to understand how we can have free will in making a decision when basically on the other hand we, we can't do anything on our own like the, the the fact that we're here was because of God the fact that we can even choose him is because of God uh, so what was our actual say in the matter Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have some thoughts on the uh, on the the topic, but whew, I mean, it's well. Then the question is: Are you even doing anything, or are you just going through life? I mean, if you're basically on autopilot, if you don't have any free will yeah, to well, choose anything, well, then... I, I'm I'm saying basically, can our hearts be inclined to God? And and I'm speaking about this in terms of specifically yeah. salvation, being yeah. reconciled. Right. Salvation. Obviously, you have a choice today whether you're going to eat a cheeseburger or a salad. Well, the right? well, but, I'm talking about it. Why, it. why would that not apply to even those decisions? I mean, why, if, 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 if all of this is true about God's omniscience and omni, uh, omnipotence and, and sovereignty, why would that same qualities about him not pertain to every decision we make, not just the ultimate decision of salvation? I think it would. I think, I think, if, I think you would have to say that, that if free will doesn't apply how we think it does in the aspect of salvation, it doesn't apply in the aspect of any decision we make. Like, so you just picked up that water bottle because God had wrote that in the annals of history long before you were here. And, and you're just carrying out the, you know, it's like a, it just time just started. And then you're just acting on the impulses that were ingrained in you from the, from the beginning of time. Yeah. I can see where you're going with that. I can see where you're going with that, but, I, I, I don't know, man, because I, seems I feel like we do. I feel like the, yeah, it seems like we do. I feel like this question for me pertains more to the fact of like the human heart cannot be inclined in the direction of the creator without him prompting that first. And then do yeah. we have a decision in yeah. the matter? By the way, well, this, has, this, has been, this has been debated throughout literally ages. Yeah, you're reading the book. August, Augustine. 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 Uh, Semi-Pelagiasm or whatever <laughs> it's called. Pelagius. <laughs> Pelagius. Um, Calvin. Uh, what's the other guy you told me that was mean? Uh, oh, Martin Luther. Martin Luther. I've been reading some of Martin Luther stuff, and he was, man. He attacked people like straight up. Like somebody would write a book, and he would write a book back just refuting everything they said. Well, you can't like Martin Luther. He was a Protestant. He, he, but That's true. He had a really cool gift of being able to walk, think, walk a topic down to the very basic level. And um, I think... Kind of what you're talking about is in the Bible, it talks about us being dead in our trespasses and sins. And so that's different than saying we're sick in our trespasses and sins because being sick, you know, you can kind of help yourself. You can help yourself get better. But when you're dead, 
you're dead. Like, you know, you yeah. have to be resurrected. Something else has to bring life back to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's maybe where you're going. Is that kind of what you're picturing? Like, exactly. is it even possible to have any, like you said, inclination um, or anything like that, that, that you can even make movement toward mm -hmm. good or movement toward God? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. all those people you just mentioned spend a lifetime studying and thinking and debating each other on how this, these two things, but all of it interplays and works together. And they don't freaking know. I mean, they, they're fighting to this day because it's, it's the, it's the central question of Christianity. Salvation. That's, that's the central question. I, I, ultimately with, with, the whole, the totality of Christianity. What else are you really figuring out, or, or attempting to understand or figure out? That's it. Well, that was it. When Jesus was here, they're saying, "What do you mean you can save? You can save? What what gives you power to save?" Well, sure. If he would have just been there, a good guy, they would have been like, "Oh, Jesus is a good guy." Well, yeah. I mean that that's the central central question, and but how it all works is because you can you can sit that you can say. Oh well, Jesus is the only way to heaven, and that's all you need to know. And it's like, yeah, but we're asking, how does that work in the mm -hmm. minds of humans that supposedly have free will? But you think about God electing those people, like Jesus being the only way, that doesn't really pertain to this question, right? Because the question is, are you choosing or not? Do you have the ability to choose or not? Well, it's 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 made me really assess my own testimony, if you will call it, and how I tell it. Right? This question has made me assess it because I think, you know, there was this occurrence which prompted prompted me to look in look at Scripture and who Jesus said He was. But I've always told it in a way of I made the decision to do that. I responded. Right, he prompted, I responded, and then he revealed himself to me. But I don't even know if that's true. I don't even know if I had a choice in the matter. I don't either. Or yeah. you did, but you only know in retrospect. Oh, God actually was there prior to that moment, and He was working in my heart or leading me. Or there were things happening that I wasn't aware of until this moment. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It makes me think of. Uh, story my husband has told where one of the first times we met um, we were just kind of talking we were just friends getting to know each other and and somehow it came up kind of my story of um, how I came to be where I was spiritually and and so he asked you know sort of a general question like I don't know if he said the words like your testimony or whatever but that's a very common thing for Christians how to phrase it like your testimony or how did how did you become a Christian or, mm -hmm. or when did you become a Christian? I think he said, when did you become a Christian? And I, I didn't grow up in the church. Like um, I'd been exposed to different things and people in my life off and on, but I didn't grow up in the church. So I wasn't like, like, you know, Chili's described being uh, in a Christian school and a church and all that kind of stuff. That wasn't me. So a lot of my answers were just very um, bare and honest. And so when he asked that, when did you become a Christian? I said, what do you mean? Because, and I wasn't being like, I wasn't being a jerk. I was just being honest. Like, what do you mean by that? Because 
Um, cause to me, there were clear moments like when I end of high school going into college where definitely some sort of switch flipped and I, um, understood things in a particular way that really changed my heart. And I started reading scripture and, and was really drawn to God and had a hunger for him and seeking him and knowing him. But I think I could also look back prior to that time and see how, like, even though I wasn't aware of it during those times, he was with me all along. And he was active in my heart. And, and there were things about um, the truth, you know, that was in scripture and desires that I even had that, like, I knew they wouldn't be there. I'm not who I should be. Like, I am not who I should be. And mm-hmm. I, and there, there's evidence in my life prior to those moments where I can look back and say, well, I, I don't know how to answer that question. Like, when did I become a Christian? Because I would say it's this point, but... I think I was back then Mm -hmm. and I just didn't know it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're thinking on those lines? Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're think you're, you're asking the, 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 the central soteriological question that there is. And a lot of people I know, I love talking about this by the way, because I'm reading a book about it and it's so interesting to me. Well, I, I obviously I'm interested in it too. Long time, but I, a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, wow, you guys are really dumb. This is so easy. This is such a simple question. And I'm like, I have to think that if you think it's simple, you just haven't thought about it that You got to walk it down. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, maybe I'm just a fool, which I, there's a few things in life I know. We talked about that last episode, but I do know one thing. I'm not very smart. And people get mad when I say that. Like Brooke always tells me, don't say that about yourself. Look, man, I'm not. I I I have Unless a lot it comes of to YouTube. I have a lot of cognitive limitations. Okay, you're and a YouTube genius. So maybe I'm just missing how easy this is. But when you try to square those things, man, it's it's complicated. Mm. And I just don't have much else to say because I don't know the answer as far as how it works. I mean, you can throw out thoughts. I mean, I mean, have you heard of um the the idea of Molinism? And middle knowledge, God having middle knowledge, Mm-mm. basically, it, it, it's a way to explain how he knew beforehand who was going to choose him and who wasn't, but, and then he created the world, and somehow it explains how he, he didn't choose it for them, but yet he knew anyway, and then created It doesn't make any sense either. Nothing does, man. It, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know how we can explain it, but it is, it's, I don't know how it doesn't remain a curiosity for people when that is the central question of how you're saved. Because to me, I want to know, um, I want to know how that relationship works because I think it helps you analyze your own self and other people that, that are in need of help. But I, but I don't know that we can answer it. Well, that's, that's the whole, that, legitimizes all of this because i'm sitting here thinking like yeah it may be interesting to talk about but why do you want to think so much about it because other people are going to be thinking that too but why would you spend so much time why do people spend a lifetime mm-hmm. trying to answer a question that they know other people have spent a lifetime trying to answer and died without the answer and all these years have passed and nobody have a- has answered it and so here we are trying to answer it still why would you try to do that and that's a good that's a good yeah, I mean, explanation. Th- that's for that. what's in my head, and I and and I mean, the point that you just made is is still like 
I don't believe I have it in me, my own power, to answer this question. So even that is funny mm-hmm. because it's like if I were to come to a conclusion, it wouldn't be me. So, I mean, all this is just, it's so funny, man. And I, I think, to me, I think there is value in, as funny as this sounds, there's value in attempting to think and answer, not even answer the question. Let's just view it different. We're trying to think about this question because even though we know we won't answer it, because somehow you might could help somebody. This is how, go ahead, Krista. Yeah, I, I, the question Blake asked, I had been thinking about this whole time when you guys started yeah. this topic because I thought at some point, at, maybe as we get toward the end of the conversation, I was going to bring up why, why do we, do, what's the point? Like, why do we study these things? Why do theologians like study God and split hairs and, and do all of these things? And, and, and is it worth that? Like, should we even like, should we just say, well, I don't know. The Bible says this, says this, and I'm just going to, that's where I'm going to stop. And should we try to build a narrative around these things? Should we try to fill in the gaps? And, um, and I think it, I think it depends. I think we should, because I think, um, Chili said, because it can help people. I think that's a good reason. But I think even that is kind of man-centered and that's still a good reason, but I think it's man-centered. And I think the point of scripture, the point of salvation is to be God-centered. And so in what way can, those discussions be God-centered. And I think ultimately yep. God wants us to bring him glory. That's why he created us. The, the chief end of man, the, the final end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So the catechism says. So, so I think that do these kinds of discussions glorify God? They cannot in some ways. Like people can be doing it. It depends what's in your heart. Yep. Like you can be doing it because you feel like you feel insecure in your faith and you feel like I can't believe unless I resolve this problem. Mm-hmm. And if I can't resolve this problem and this dichotomy, then then it may, may not be true. Well, that's not necessarily true. There are all kinds of things in life where there's mystery and there's, um, there's cognitive dissonance and there's tension. We live with that all the time. Oh, sure. Just yeah. because yeah. you can't answer this question doesn't yeah. mean it's not True. So, yeah, so so that could be a motivation or reason why somebody studies this. Um, but it also could be, I think, a good motivation, and I think everybody needs to check their hearts. You know, even the, the, the theologians who are brilliant at this stuff need to check their hearts about why they study it, why they go at it, because um, I think ultimately, you know, the our faith is personal. It's about a relationship. And so I think to me, the reason why I get curious about it and what I want my motivation to be is to know God. Like, yeah. I want to know God. And I know I can't know you fully. Just like, you know, I might talk to my parents and want to know about their story and their history. And there is there are limitations to that. I can't go back in time and be there with them, but they can ca- tell me certain things about it. And, and I want to know, like, I want to know about you. And man, this is really curious. Like you said this and you said this, and I don't understand how they, they fit. But the point is that I'm engaging God and then I'm wanting to know him. And in my desire, in my desire to know him, it is glorifying him yep. because it's showing like, I want you, I want to know about you. Yep. And I may not come up with a resolution, but but just in that pursuit and in that desire and that longing, there's there's significance there. Mm. So I think that that is reason 
to pursue these things and think on them and study them. Just like we pray, we don't, we don't, I wouldn't want somebody to come and pray, you know, because there's, um, they're in a great place and they have these good feelings. And we, we, Job, I mean, he cried out to God. He said all kinds of, you know, things that were off and like, you know, messy. And, and the point of all that is he was, at least talking to God. Yeah. He was staying connected and he was communicating to God. And so I think in that same way, we want to submit our minds yes. and our thoughts to God. And in submitting our minds and our thoughts to God and pursuing him, that's where he gets glorified. Yes. So. Yep. That that's is perfect. exactly the reason I study and think so deeply on these. It's exactly the reason I think about any of this. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, I am very, uh, sure of my salvation and i i love christ there's there's no reason for me to think about all these other things other than the fact i want to know god better well and i think i said it on the last podcast but another a reason that i would as well is because if you're gonna make any claim when you share with people about what your view on free will is and your view on God's sovereignty and how those mesh and play in into salvation, then you need to have a, a reason for why you believe what you believe when you're going to share that, in my opinion. Yes. So if you haven't ever thought about no aspect of this, well, then why do you even... Why do you claim what you claim about it? Well, that's and, not even your opinion. That's in... Chad read it. Uh, the last... If that's the episode. The last episode... It's scriptural, it, you know. To, to defend. Uh, yeah, to yeah. Know, that, that, yeah. So, so that would be a reason to maybe not spend your whole life studying it. I mean, I'm not saying you have to do that, but. You better think about it. You better think about everything that come that you're, that you're going to claim. That you're going to share, yeah. <laughs> yeah, think about that. So, you know, I've asked this particular question that we've been discussing here. Well, if, if it's been a broad general discussion, but. Here's the reason why I'm so interested in the seeking out and studying this particular aspect of God is because uh, I have run into so many people in my life, many, but most especially um, my wife, and I think she would agree with this. Uh, you see people, and they they say, "Well, I I can't believe." Yeah, I can't believe. And it is so freeing when you come to the realization that your answer to that question is, I know you can't believe. It's impossible for you to believe without. Under your own, yeah, with your own. Without Christ revealing himself to you. Like, that to me is the answer to that question. Like, But I think what we want to do as Christians so often is if you have someone there in front of you, just like the man that was sitting beside me on Drinking Bros podcast, and he's, he's like, I can't freaking believe in this. Your initial, your initial reaction is to want to give him evidence or convince him. Bring that person to a place where they can believe. You don't have the power to do that unless it's imparted to you and spoken out of your mouth literally by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It is there is nothing that you can say to anyone to make them believe. So that's that's my answer to people's question to people's statement that they can't believe. It's of course you can't believe. <laughs> it's almost like 
like we're a puppet and there's somebody going to be pulling the strings, whether it's... That's not free will then, right? It's I mean, God that, that's, or Satan, but is does the free will lie in which one you choose to let pull your strings? Hey, Amen. Well, but Satan's know. not equal with God, so... No, but, you, know. but you can have that spirit or demon, so to speak, inside of you that puts those actions, you know, like submit to one or the other. Yeah, ourselves, really. Yeah, yeah. Ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's us or God, and that's what it was, I think, in the garden was, you know, am I am I going to trust what God has said, or am I going to follow my own, you know? Yeah. Am I going to be, like we were saying earlier, my own God? Like, yeah. am I going to make myself God? When you trace so. it back to that, the, the very beginning of mankind, that's also an interesting scenario. Mm -hmm. When you say, in terms of this conversation on free will, because you say Adam, the first man created from the dirt. Uh, Adam had, I hope I can say this right, he had the ability to be content with just doing good and serving God. So Adam had the ability in the beginning to not sin and to be content with that, right? <clears throat> But he obviously also had the ability to sin. Mm -hmm. All right? When temptation entered the equation, then he exercised his ability to sin. And because of that, now what we are lacking as humanity is the ability to be content with doing good. That's what we lost. There's only one man and woman that ever existed on earth that had the ability to be completely content with serving Christ. That's what we lost as humanity. And so then that's what we gain back through relationship with Christ. We gain back the ability to be actually content with doing good. More so pleased with doing good than doing evil. That's what we gain that's one of the things we gain back when we are reconciled to Christ. Or Christ recon Christ reconciles us back to him. <laughs> if we want to put it that way. So I, yeah, when you trace it back to the roots, it's very interesting when mankind was created, that ability that man had that we no longer have. What do you think about that, Chili? I don't know how that looked. I don't know how that looked in the beginning with you weren't there saying I wasn't there with uh, <laughs> saying that they had the ability and then we lost that. It's like, I don't know if they did. I mean that the story in Genesis it, to me, it makes it pretty clear that I, I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. Well, it seems that they, they were. They, it seems I mean, did, as if did they really have the ability? You know, because that that would be saying that basically they they were two perfect people put on earth. Yes, they were. It's hard. They they had the ability to, to be hard, perfect. It's hard to say that. I mean, you just run into some problems. And if if, if temptation had never entered the equation, I mean, they had. Would they have just carried on being perfect? They didn't. They didn't need a savior. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I think I look at that more until. I, I mean, the 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 story in Genesis there, 
you know, an allegorical reading of that would be like, that's the story of, of the, the, the sin inherent within all humans. Um, but, but in the beginning it wasn't there. That's why there was no death. Yeah. They were created as eternal beings. Yeah. I'm all, I think, I mean, what you're talking about has been uh, a topic. It may even show up some of these books you're reading, but there's some Latin terms that describe what you're saying. I can't remember who uh, actually wrote this. It's been forever since I've studied this, but there are some Latin terms. I think, I think how it goes, and I might botch it. In the beginning, um, before sinner entered the world, it was um, uh, pot, not. It was possible not to sin. No, it was. Ah, dang it. <laughs> but there is like passe non pecare, not possible. Uh, have you heard these terms? Mm-hmm. And then there's non passe non pecare, not possible not to sin. And anyway, but there are three different phases. And I think that's what you're talking about is in, original sin. Or, yeah. In the garden. Yeah. In the garden, y- there was um, the. Um, it was not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm getting them all mixed up. But but once sinner entered the world, it, it was not possible not to sin. But then, through redemption, there is the possibility now not to sin. And so, but prior to that, there wasn't. And so, uh, oh, maybe it was. I don't know. I don't remember. But but that that whole thing that you're talking about has been debated for you know long mm-hmm. a long time and. I think, like Chili said, it, we don't really know. I mean, there, there. Are That's a very that, literal way of looking at right that that Certain Genesis moments. story of yeah. the, the the moments in right. that the that, moments. So this happened, then this yeah. caused this, then this happened, this caused this, and so. Um, but yeah, but I think that 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 has been debated for for a long time. Um, but I think one principle, going back to our discussion on the Bible of hermeneutics, which is the how to interpret things and how to interpret the Bible, is you have to look at, um, or you should, interpret Scripture with Scripture. And so I think there are other clues in other places in Scripture mm-hmm. that inform and help us understand that story, which, you know, we've kind of discussed a little yeah. bit today. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So yeah. even though there's mystery around that, we have other Scripture that, that um, talks about the conditions of man, condition of man's heart and our abilities in our need and so there are so many pieces to it in scripture yeah mm-hmm. you're right i mean i keep thinking of as we have this conversation when jesus jesus actually tells us to ask seek and knock mm-hmm. well that seems to imply will uh so to put all these together and then look at it as a big right that's a big thing it would be it would take an exhaust exhaustive study to bring everything into the picture Blake, you want to go get our special guest? Yeah. Um, I do want to let you guys know, if you are interested in the conversation that we just had, I do highly recommend the book I'm reading. Uh, it's, uh, again, as Chili said, there are no conclusions in the book. It's just, uh, it's it's really a comprehensive study of all the different angles of this. Well, that, that book is literally just a... Uh, a, a you would love it. Uh, well, I've, I mean, it's a collection of, of the different schools of thought on that very issue. Yeah. So And so the book is by R.C. Spurl. That's R, yeah, however you say it. R, that's R.C.S.P.R.O.U.L. The book is called Willing to Believe. 
willing to believe. So really, really great read. Take your time reading it too. Don't don't think you're going to sit down and read it all in one go. Yeah, I've been on it for about three weeks now, and I do a lot of reading. So um, we do have our special guest on the podcast today, uh, Miss Blakely Wright. Blakely, welcome to the 3 of 7 podcast. I know you've been waiting to come on the show now for about a week. Uh, I've been talking the world. I've been talking to you about coming on the show. You've got a lot of good information that you want to share with our audience about running. Is that right? Is that what we're going to talk about today? You want to tell some stories, you said, too. And you want you got a story you want to share, all right? Put it right in so, that microphone right there. I want to hear your story first. I want to hear one story that you want to share with the listeners here on the 307 Podcast because we're live on air right now. You're talking to thousands of people. So give us a good story, Blakely. There's only four people in here. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people listening. They all they are all tuned in because they want to hear your story. So can you tell us your story? It's about camping, wasn't it? Is that what you said? This is your big moment. <laughs> tell me about running. Oh, Blakely, no, this is your chance. <laughs> this is your chance. No what stories. Ab- what about the running? The running advice you gave. You got to start. Can I interview you? Can I ask you questions? How do you start running? Uh, slowly. slowly. Well, what do I do whenever I start getting really tired? Drink water. <laughs> Drink water? Do I need to eat? eat at the, Tell me. Eat at the end of the race. Can't eat while you run. I can't eat while I run? What if it's really long? What if it's a really long run? I get hungry. Then drink water. Then. Well, drink, drink water. I need some calories. So don't no I? eating while you're running. You heard it. You heard it straight from Blakely. That could cause stomach distress. And then, Blakely, <sighs> what happens when we get close to the finish line? What can we do then? Run faster. We can speed up. Ain't that right? And why is that? Because we want to win. Because we want to win. That's exactly right. And we know we're close to the finish line. We don't have a lot of ways left to go. So whatever we have in the tank, we're going to go ahead and empty it, right? Well, Blakely, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. That's a lot of good information on running. Start out slow. Mm -hmm. Drink water. Don't eat while you run. Eat after. Eat after you run. And when you get close to the finish line, you better speed up because we like to win. Does that sum it all up? Uh, and you can't um, run and eat because you'll get a bellyache. Mm, that's a really good point. That's right. I've had that before. Yep. And that's why I wanted to share it on the podcast so you wouldn't do it again. <laughs> Well, thank I'm glad you. you did. Yeah, thank you, Blakely. I think that's going to help a lot of people out there yep. on their next race. So we really appreciate you coming on today. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this is the 3 of 7 podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And our special guest, Miss Blakely Wright. Enough said.